This is Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Tom and his collective of guest contributors, callers, authors, speakers, and artists talk shift to educate and empower about recovery in its many forms to overcome and rise above the AVDCs, the addictions, vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions that may ail you or someone you know. Visit us online at recoverycollective.net and on Instagram at recovery underscore collective. Hi, this is Amy Dresner, author of My Fair Donkey. Uh, darkly humorous memoir of drugs, sex, sex. Oh, f- hold on. <laughs> Hi, this is Amy Dresner, author of My Fair Junkie. I cannot f-ing describe this whole thing. Can we start over? Hi, guys. Amy Dresner, author of My Fair Junkie. A really dark but funny memoir about drugs, sex addiction, and mental illness. Yahoo! Um, you'll feel better about yourself. You're listening to Tom Lou on Recovery Collective, and he is awesome. Buy my book. All right, bye. I'm not saying, like, yes, I'm a reverend about addiction. I'm not saying addiction is not serious because it almost kills me. But it's like I'm also saying that I think that being very preachy and sort of finger-waggy and, like, overly serious about it is not the way to reach people who want to get into recovery because it doesn't make recovery look fun. It makes it look like your life is just a bore that you've lost your sense of humor. All right, welcome to Recovery Collective. How you doing? I'm Tom Liu. Thank you so much for joining me. We are live right now. Down here in the Clearwater, Florida area, I am stoked to be on the show called Recovery Collective. And this is where we bring together and connect a collective of creatives, experts, advocates, movers, and shifters, I call them, and you, our listeners who dare to get up, stand up, and get down to the business at hand which is to lend a helping hand to those still struggling with self-defeating behaviors of many, many varieties. And there are numerous under this broad banner of what we call, quote, recovery. There are many, many types of varieties of these self-defeating behaviors. And we let our voices be heard on this show, myself, my guests, the callers, anybody who's involved in this show, as we together talk shift about recovery in its many forms. And most importantly, what I've set out to do from day one on this show is to share insights and solutions to overcome and rise above what I call the AVDCs. And those are the addictions, vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions that may ail you or someone you know. That's what I'm about. That's what this show is about. Thanks very much for listening. I appreciate you. And if you want to go back and check out any of our previous episodes of the Recovery Collective show, they're all out there as podcasts on our website, recoverycollective.net. Recoverycollective.net. That's where you can go out and check out all of our past episodes. We've had a who's who of great guests on the show thus far, and tonight is no exception. I'm going to get to that in a minute. And I also just want to announce here that our show is also out there on iTunes, we're out on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, just about anywhere you would listen to on-demand audio, and this show is now out on Spotify. That's right. If you're on Spotify, streaming your music, listening to it legally, which you should be doing, you should be paying these artists for all of their uh, their 
hard work and stuff. Don't steal music. That's no good. You can go out on Spotify, type in Recovery Collective, or type in my name, Tom Lou, T-O-M-L-E-U, and uh, there's the Sound Matters show, my other radio show, and this show, the Recovery Collective show. They are both out there. So quick note here before we take a quick break and I get to my guest here tonight because I want to give her as much time as possible. I'm so excited to have her on. Her name is Amy Dresner, by the way, and she's an author of an amazing book. It's called My Fair Junkie. It's a memoir about getting dirty and staying clean, and uh, you don't want to miss this because Amy has got no shortage of great insights about recovering addiction, but on top of all of that, she's hip, she's cool, she's up, she's positive, and she's funny as heck. Funny as heck. Yeah, that's what I can say on the radio. She's very, very funny. You don't want to miss her. But I want to mention this right now, too. We are in September. It's 2018 at the time of this broadcast. This is National Recovery Month, and it's appropriate to mention on the Recovery Collective show. I just want to direct your attention to the website that's out there, recoverymonth.gov, recoverymonth.gov. That's where you can head out and um, go out to that website. There's all kinds of resources out there. What is National Recovery Month? Every September, SAMHSA, which stands for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, sponsors Recovery Month to increase awareness and understanding of mental and substance use disorders and celebrate people who recover. It's cool stuff. Do we need to talk about this stuff? Do we need to talk about recovering addiction and people who are recovering? Yeah, we do. Why? Because all you got to do is uh, log into your news feed on any social media or internet site or TV show or radio show or whatever. And unfortunately, as we all know, we hear about high profile people losing their lives all the time. And there's many, 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 many more who are not high profile, who are not celebrities, who are not famous, who die from this stuff. And it's serious and it's important. So shows like this exist to help pull the cover back on that stuff to reduce the stigma, not only about addiction, but about recovery. I'm here to tell you that recovery is hip. It's cool. It's up. It's positive. It's not doom. It's not gloom. It's the boom as the intro of the show, the song says, a song by P.O.D. called Boom, opens this show, and that is on purpose because I'm here to tell you, as a person myself in long-term recovery for many, many years, my life is a hundredfold better than it was back in those days, and uh, it's not down, it's not out, it's up, it's good, it's light, it's the beginning, it's not the end. Don't take my word for it, though. The guests on this show all echo the same thing. Again, go back to recoverycollective.net or go out on the iTunes iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you get on-demand audio, you can listen to those previous episodes. So National Recovery Month, head on out to recoverymonth.gov. That's the website. Support it. Tune into this show. Tell your friends. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Amy Dresner is going to join us on the phone line here, all the way out from Los Angeles, California. She is a firecracker. You don't want to miss it. I'm Tom Liu. We'll be right back after this. We'll be right back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340 and on Instagram at recovery underscore collective. Sober Evolution is the recovery space created by the internationally recognized life-building coach, Austin F. Cooper, and a proud sponsor of Recovery Collective. You can find Sober Evolution on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at Sober-Evolution.com. 
This world-renowned organization is filled with experience, strength, and hope for those who are looking to build their lives in recovery and smash the stigmas surrounding addiction. Sober Evolution also organizes and hosts exciting, one-of-a-kind events supporting the world of recovery throughout the nation. Don't hesitate to reach out and find out more about Sober Evolution at sober-evolution.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by 16 Imaging Photography. Visit us at 16imaging.com. That's 16-I-M-A-G-I-N-G.com for fine art prints, to book shoots, and to schedule one-on-one photography coaching for you or someone you know. 16 Imaging. Seeing things literally through lenses, figuratively, despite filters. back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TomLiu2. That's T-O-M-L-E-U and the number two. Here's Tom. Welcome back to Recovery Collective. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks so much for joining me. Episode number eight right here on the phone line. Joining me here in just a minute, my guest. I'm so excited to talk to her. This is going to be the second time this guest has been on one of my radio shows. And uh, she is a ball of energy and she's got no shortage of great things to say, funny stuff to say, important stuff to say. And we're going to dig into that. Uh, My next guest, her name is Amy Dresner. She is a former professional stand-up comic, having appeared at the Comedy Store, the Laugh Factory, and the Improv since 2012, she's been a contributing editor of the online addiction and recovery magazine, TheFix.com. She's also written for several other publications, including Addiction.com, PsychologyToday.com, The Good Men Project, The Frisky, Refinery29, among others. She's written her very first book. It's called My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. It's a darkly funny and revealing debut memoir of one woman's 20-year battle with sex, drugs, and alcohol and addiction and what happens when she finally emerges on the other side. And I just want to throw this out there right now. Coincidentally, and I know this isn't lost on her, but My Fair Junkie is actually celebrating an anniversary today. It was released, if my, if my math is right on this, Amy, released exactly one year ago today, back on September 12th, 2017. Please welcome to Recovery Collective, Amy Dresner. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, Tom. How are you? I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. You didn't? Oh, my God, you're right. Today's your anniversary. My baby was released into the world today. That's crazy. I thought maybe I was just repeating something that you, of course, already knew, but I'm glad I could uh, spring it on you. Happy birthday to your book, man. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's been such a wild ride, and the paperback comes out on the 18th of this month. Okay. So it's been like promotion, 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 and like, you know, a lot of speaking gigs, and I'm speaking at She Recovers this weekend, and going to be a couple book launches, and so things are just like, and I asked, you know, my book's been optioned for TV development, and it's it's an exciting and overwhelming time. I can only imagine. Now, I just want to remind you, you and I first talked, it was exactly one year ago tomorrow. So I talked to you the first time on my other show, Sound Matters. I remember. Yep. Of course. And it was the day after your book just came out. So it was the 13th of September oh last year. One day, I was. I had to have been one of your first interviews post-book launch. And uh, great conversation. And I want to tell people that to go back and listen to that interview as well. It's on, 
on my other show's website, soundmatters.tv, episode 31. Soundmatters.tv, episode 31. That full interview with Amy is there. But Amy... Wow. So much has happened. I want to ask you this as a very first question. I know you've been doing, okay. I mean, literally, you've been doing like, I don't know, hundreds of podcasts and radio shows and for this, like a podcast <laughs> for this so last, loud. for this last year, but I, I kind of want to mix it up a little bit and I want to go to places that, you know, maybe you want to go. So I'm just going to put that in your head right now for the duration of this interview. I've got some other things lined up I want to talk about, but, uh, yeah, you know, I want to, I want, I want to go into some other ground here. I mean, you know, we can certainly talk yeah. about your, your tale of, of addiction and descent into addiction and recovery and all that, but you know, you've outlined that so eloquently, so great in your book, My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. I want to encourage everyone listening to go pick that up. You can get the Kindle version now. I think it's just like three bucks or something, right? Paperbacks? Yeah, it's been on sale. It's been on sale. There's the audio. The paperback comes out the 18th. Yeah, there's like a zillion formats. Yeah, so it's out there in any format that you desire. Go get it. You will not be disappointed, whether you're a person in recovery or not. There's something to learn from this book, and it's just so well written. You put the reader, Amy, right there with you. Whether anyone can relate directly or indirectly to your story, uh, you're right there with you. You paint these pictures. You weave these tapestries of words, and you take us on a journey, and that's what great writing is all about. And you know this. I mean, if you look at your reviews out on Amazon, you got almost 200 (laughs) 200 reviews, like over 90% of them, 91, 95%, five stars mostly, four stars. It's just, it's a testament to you so kudos to you but tell me Thank tell you. tell us the last 12 months today's the anniversary of your book one year old how has life changed for you as a person in long-term recovery since the book was released a year ago till today can you talk about that for a minute yeah i mean it's been very weird because i was sort of a pariah as someone who had, who had relapsed for 20 years and um and then I sort of became an example, and now people have me like as a, like on this weird pedestal as an inspiration. And it's like I'm just really a recovering addict who wrote a book. So like people write to me, and I write them back, and they fangirl out, they freak out, <laughs> and it's so weird to me. It's just so weird, and it's like they're like, "Did you just write me back? Oh my god! Like I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? It's just so it's so bizarre to me." Um, I feel really proud of the book. It's helped a lot of people. The messages I've gotten have been like, thank you for keeping it real. Thank you for making me feel less broken. Thank you for making me feel less alone. Like, you're so honest in this book, and you made me laugh so much, and it's like, that's so rare. You know, you made me laugh at things that I was ashamed of. And so I felt like I did really a service. I took 20 years of pain and made it into something that really has served people. It's, uh, people read it at night and people like it saved my life. I'm like, oh my God, calm down. Um, and, uh, Does it, do you yeah, find I, it weird? It's kind of totally indi- weird. Is it weird for you? People totally are saying weird. you saved my life. I mean, I've read the reviews. I've read it's the comments. Weird. Why though? Weird. You, you're, you're, you're an inspiration. You've overcome know. so much. Why is that weird? No, but it's like, I'm inside me and it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm staying humble. I mean, like. A parole officer from Philadelphia wrote to me, and he was like, I learned more about addiction. He was in narco- doing narcotics parole in Philadelphia for 23 years. He's like, I learned more about addiction from your book than I ever have personally or on the job. Like, thank you. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I just, I, I just didn't expect it to have that kind of impact on people. I just was like, okay, I'm going to write the most honest book I can. 
Now you're you're a person. Now I've had the chance to meet you every, after we did our interview last year. I was out in L.A. and the last year, and you were nice enough to spend some time with me. Went and hung out in Starbucks and stuff, and took a picture after I twisted your arm to do so. I know. I saw that gross picture. <laughs> it's that not. Picture it's Take good. It's my hair is all messed up. Take that picture down. You look cool. You got your shades on. You look very L.A. Uh, well, I am. I've been born. I'm born and bred here. So <laughs> I makes know. Sense. I know it. But uh, <laughs> no, you're very kind, and we had a good time with you. And you're so funny. But um, you know, some of the people you're, you're so honest, Amy. That's one of the things in your book. It comes through loud and clear. And in your, you know, when you're out on Facebook, on Twitter, all the social media, yeah. you're you're, yeah. Br- you're brutally honest. What do you say to the people that don't get you? The people that don't understand or just don't get your style? They don't follow me. I don't get any feedback. Like I don't okay. have haters. Like. If you throw me shade and hate on me, like, you're out of my life. I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? If you have a difference of opinion, cool. But it's like, I'm not saying, like, yes, I'm a reverend about addiction. I'm not saying addiction is not serious because it almost killed me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It took Mm -hmm. my life for many, many years. But it's like, I'm also saying that I think that, you know, being very preachy and sort of finger-waggy and, like, overly serious about it is, not the way to reach people who want to get into recovery because it doesn't make recovery look fun. It makes it look like your, you know, your life is just this, this bore that you've lost your sense of humor. And for me, humor is so important because that's how I got through so much of what I write about in the book. I was just like, I gotta find, you know, I've gotta find my sense of humor about this. Otherwise, I'm just not going to get through it. And I also had to laugh about it. And not take myself so seriously so I could kind of get past some of the shame is, and is, let it go. I mean, how important is the sense of humor in recovery? I mean, you, not everyone's a former I stand-up comic like you, but I mean... No, but, but I mean, I think it's key to laugh at yourself. And it's like, I mean, I understand, you know, it's like, you know, other, you know, recovering addicts, you know, think the really dark stuff's funny. But, you know, I I know, you know, my parents don't think it's hilarious. My, you know, my ex normie boyfriend was sort of horrified by stuff. But uh, it's just a whole other level. It's gallows humor, but it's like we almost died. We have to laugh at it. We're alive, and it's great. But um, the people who don't get me or don't like me don't reach out to me. I mean, so I don't know. I don't read the comments um, on my six articles. I don't read the reviews on Amazon. Not even the good ones? People that read... You know, what? Not even the good ones? You don't read the good ones? You should. No, you I should. Don't, no, because I don't, I really want to stay grounded. My dad is a writer, and he just said, don't ever, ever read comments or reviews, because it's just someone's opinion, and either you're going to think you should have won, like, you know, like a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a Pulitzer, or you think you should or you think you should throw yourself out a window, and neither of those is accurate. So I want to just stay grounded, and I want to stay you know, with my truth and my voice. I don't want to write what I think people want to hear from me, and I don't want to not write what I think is going to upset people. I want it to stay pure. And I want to stay grounded and humble, you know? I think it's easy with people, you know, freaking out over you to get a big head, and that's, like, the last thing I want to do, and that's, like, the worst thing for recovery is, like, ego, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you've been really open, and you talk about it in your writings, both in your book and also on your the Fix.com articles and other places. They, you know, you're a member of the 12-step. You're part of AA. You talk about it a lot openly. I am. And, I am. and I've talked to a lot of people on this show. Some are, some aren't, some were, some aren't anymore. That's my story. You and I talked about that last time. Yeah, and, and I'm totally cool with all that. I just think, like, we're all trying to get the same place. I don't care if you do it through yoga or standing on your head or boxing or I don't, you know what I mean? Like right. whatever gets you there, mm-hmm. awesome. We're all trying to get to the same destination. And I think all that infighting between like, 
you know, being in a 12-step or not being in a 12-step or mad or whatever. It's like, you know, any way that keeps you alive and keeps you productive, like, I'm down with Agreed. I'm no fundamentalist. Absolutely. And I'm not like, this is the only way. Like, I am not like that at all. But I also, you know, I'm a little bit of a rebel. And as, as a writer, I take things apart. I attack things in AA that I think are hypocritical, mm-hmm. sexual predatory stuff, mm-hmm. the creepy God stuff. I'm not down with that stuff, you know. And um, <laughs> Or are people, when they go against psych minutes, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not Scientology or Christian science. Everyone needs to calm down, yeah. you know. Yep. I mean, the last piece I wrote about was about the brain chemistry of addiction. And it's like, you know, when you have that, yeah, it feels like depression. Because you're not, you don't, you have low dopamine tone and, you know, no driving around newcomers or prayers are going to fix that. Like, that's a chemical thing that you need to fix. And I want to talk about that, your your latest article in thefix.com. Mm-hmm. And this is my way to sort of maybe change up this interview a little bit because this is one of your latest writings. And again, it's thefix.com. And the title of the piece that you just wrote, I think you just put it out there just a few days ago, right at the time of this yeah. broadcast. It's called Depression and Recovery. Do you have low dopamine tone? And here's a couple, yeah. of, the, here's a couple of lines from the article. We're talking with Amy Dresner. She's the author of the great book, My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. In this article, Amy, you wrote, quote, I just came out of a six-week depression. That might not sound very long, but when you're in hell, it feels like forever. Good news, I didn't bone any 25-year-old strangers. I did. <laughs> this is you, see? I didn't cut myself. I didn't get loaded. I didn't smoke or vape, although I really wanted to. And you go on to talk about in this article, Amy, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I learned a lot from this. You've got me um, very intrigued by about Dr. Wetzman uh, that you oh, mentioned in here. Oh, he's the best. He's amazing. He's been such a good friend to me. He's a genius. He is the future of recovery medicine. I truly believe that. Well, and so to set this up here, and I want to get your more of your insights on this, but I recommend everybody read this article. But you said Dr. Westman has a very convincing but somewhat still controversial yes. theory yes. that addiction is completely a brain disease and that using Correct. drugs is the result, not the Correct. cause. And I think Correct. that that was like a that was one of those wait, slam on the brakes moment for me. Because right. I'm a person in long term recovery and you know, I'm always hearing it the other way and you say you suggest people get his book called questions and answers on addiction yeah and it was so talk put about out years ago it was oh. put out years ago and it's like it's not new and people still haven't caught up and it's like i had to read a lot i had to read his book and watch a lot of vlogs and like really study brain chemistry to like make sure i got this right i'm not you know Despite my 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 meth induced epilepsy, I am not a neuroscientist or neuro you know or neurologist, and I really wanted to get the science right. And usually, most of my pieces are sort of funny, obnoxious, confessional stuff, or me you know like slagging on AA. Uh, but uh, so basically, the premise is that he used to run a rehab, which he sold, and most of the people that he treated at something called low dopamine tone, which can be a combination of too little dopamine, like too few dopamine receptors, and not sitting in the receptors long enough, blah, 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 blah. You know, what you hear a lot from people, from, people, um, from recovering addicts and alcoholics is they didn't, they always felt weird. They felt off. They felt not right in their skin. And when they found their drug of choice, they felt normal. Right. They were like, oh. So according to Westman, you know, it's low dopamine tone that you're all, that you're feeling, and then you're finding this drug that is creating this dopamine spike, which is creating a feeling of where you have enough dopamine for a while, but of course it creates too much dopamine usually, and then that has a whole bunch of other. And then we crash, and then it's like a cycle of addiction. 
and you can take a test whether you have this this mutation, this genetic mutation, where you can't actually create L-methylfolate from folic acid and folate that you get from green vegetables. You can take a genetic test for it. And, of course, I was like, I'm not taking a test. I'm not paying money. I'm broke, and I'm a Jew, and whatever. And it's like, I was like, I'm really, it's like a supplement. I'm like, yeah. really? I used to, you know, shoot stuff in my arm that some, you know, and I said this in the, in the article, that some, you know, stranger passed to me through the window of a, you know, 87 Honda. Like, I'm really going to be like, ooh, I'm scared of the supplement. It's like, let's roll the dice here. So I didn't test for the, 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 the enzyme the mutation, but I took the supplement and it was like, an, it was like a come to Jesus moment. I mean, it was, it was within a couple hours, I felt different. And within a couple of days, my life's been completely changed by the supplement. It's weird. And so at this and, point, um, at this point, you've been taking this supplement now for what, a month or two or something like that. And, yeah, and you feel, yeah, and, and you feel and, different and you feel yeah, consi- very, very, very different. Wow. Very different. And it's called I-methylfolate. It's a sub, it's, it's a sub- L-methylfolate. L-methylfolate. you know, yeah, and there's different versions, and I wasn't allowed to talk about the one that I ordered because, you know, I can't give medical advice, right? and I, I didn't want to look like I was, you know, advertising for a certain product, you know, and that kind of stuff. But um, I think that a big part of people that are in long-term recovery who get depressed and blow their brains out or relapse is because they've never really sorted the underlying brain imbalance that was behind them using drugs in the first place. Now, see, now let me stop you right there. So this is a big subject, obviously. And you did a great job, by the way, of balancing out. You didn't get too uh, uh, biochemical in the article, but you did explain it, and you explained it in, in lay terms for those of us that aren't neuroscientists like right. myself. You know, But this dance between the too much or too little dopamine, too much or too little serotonin, I think a lot of people, right. throw, they throw those two things together. They think they're the same thing. They're not. They do no. different things in the brain. And the Very ba- different. And the balance of this and but this whole concept of the chemistry in our brain and how that can either be the source or the or the or the result of addictive behaviors and mixing in mental health issues like depression and all the other types of maladies and any of us can have emotional maladies and how that's all intertwined with this big subject of addiction and, and recovery. It's not it's just not so cut and dry. It's not just a. A moral, no. a moral failure, Amy. You were just well, a that, bad person. That I never. Well, that I always knew. I mean, right. for me. But there's the people that still think I that. Always, oh, I know. Well, they need to get out of the dark ages. I right. mean, come on. It's <laughs> like you know, you need to look at some brain scans. It's just like, yeah, who would be a choice? It's like, let me give up everything. Yeah. You know, you know, my kids and my job, and you know, be homeless to just you know put this needle in my arm. It's terrific. You know, it's like I mean, no one would do that. It's like you know, once you're in the throes of addiction. You know, I mean, they've seen it. It's like the brake system of your brain and the prefrontal cortex is basically blown out. You know, that, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're puppeted by your own brain, which is now seeking dopamine, dopamine all the time. Looking Let's- for dopamine, look, dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. So here's my question. So for someone like me and like you, so I long-term recovery, like I said, whether it's one year, five years, 15 years, whatever, I don't, it doesn't really matter. The point is I'm a person in long-term recovery, Amy, but I, I get down and I get out and I, sometimes I wonder, right. I, I wonder, am I depressed? Is it just normal? Just feeling the, right. the, the blues or is there something else? And in now right. reading your article in the fix.com, we're talking with Amy Dresner, author of my fair junkie, amydresner.com. I started to wonder, maybe I've got something similar going on i don't know right. and maybe right. maybe a supplement yeah. like this could be of benefit to me i mean again like you can try it and if it doesn't help you like you don't need it you yeah. know what i mean it's really it's really a form of be complex 
And, you know, okay. this was my mother was taking me to, telling me to take my bees, you know, for 20 years. And yeah. I was like, Mom, shut up. You know, you're a hippie. But now it turns out she was sort of right. Um, although if you have this mutation, it's not that easy. Your brain just can't create the L-methylfolate from folic acid. And you need to take the L-methylfolate in a form that's more bioavailable to be turned into dopamine and serotonin immediately. Um, I was already, I now have been on an uh, SSRI an antidepressant, so I had already been sort of like treating my my depression, as you will. But you know, antidepressants affect serotonin, and this affects dopamine. Got it. And it's different. It's fascinating. So, it's it, it is yeah, fascinating. It was really really mind blowing, and it's like I now more than ever fully believe for many people, not everyone, for many people, it is fully a brain disease, and they're seeking to self-medicate what is a brain imbalance. For sure, there's people that come in with trauma and want to block that out. Absolutely. There are people that can drink themselves into alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Into dependency. Mm-hmm. You know, you break it, you break a bone and they shoot you full of so much oxy and morphine and whatever that you're physically hooked. For sure, that can happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about people who have that sense of feeling bizarre and weird and off and, you know, before, and then finding that, that, that drug of choice or, or, or booze and going, oh, God, you know. Yeah, now I feel, um, like I you said, normal. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really co- much more complicated than we know, and I think there are many different types of sort of addictions. And it's like, yeah, AAs work for me, but I also seek outside help, obviously, you know, and... Um, so getting the blues and getting down and out, long-term recovery, it's not just, as you write in this article, it's not necessarily just because you're not working a good enough program, air quotes. Well, that's what makes me crazy about right. AA. You know what I mean? It's despite the fact that, I mean, I love... I mean, it, I, mean I, can, I consider AA, first of all, like as I said in this, you know, just being part of a group and part of being accepted creates more dopamine receptors. Helping other people creates a dopamine spike. So it's like, you know, that's part of why people feel good. You know, they're, they're thinking it's a spiritual event. It's actually a biochemical event. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, AA to me is cognitive behavioral therapy, really. That's what it is. It's acting yourself in the right action. It's routine. It's discipline. It's running your stupid ideas by someone else. Uh, it's feeling, you know, part of a collective because I'll tend to isolate, especially as a writer. I'm in my house by myself, Colonel Puff Puff, my cat, for days at a time. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think there are some, you know, meditation is an amazing tool. No one's going to doubt meditation is helpful. You know, there's some, you know, cleaning up your wreckage and saying, I'm sorry. I mean, again, no one is going to, you know, he, it's, it's sort of the sifting out of the best psychologies and, and best bits of different religions, but where, you know, where it gets really, really religious or fundamentalist, that's where I I, I bow out. You and me both, you know? and uh, and I and I appreciate that honesty, and I know that rubs some people the wrong way, and that's okay. I don't care. That, I don't either. I, no, I neither do I. That's I talk openly on this show about that. You know, it's one of the reasons it's why. Like, I don't care. No. Now you said something at the conclusion of this article. We're talking with Amy Dresner, AmyDresner.com, author of My Fair Junkie. It's out on Amazon. One year old today, as a matter of fact. How cool is that? But, uh, that's so great. I'm so honored that I get to be one of your one of your interviews today of your Thank five you million me. yeah i mean that's the other thing it's like how has your life changed it's changed and it hasn't changed at all at the same time and it's like as a, as a recovering addict like you think like oh, i'm going to publish a book and that's going to fix everything it's going to fix that hole inside and i have news for you it does not interesting it does not 
that was what was the thing I was like, oh, you know, and then it becomes you set up a higher goal. Like, well, if I was just a New York Times bestseller, or if I just got a series deal, or if I just this, or if I just that, like, you keep upping, upping, upping. And I was like, oh, God, it was just such a bummer. I was like, it really is an inside job. But what does give me enormous joy is the fact that I've helped people. I cry from some of the messages that I get from people where they're like, thank you so much. I related so much. Like, I cannot tell you how much I laughed and cried. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your bravery. Like, that, those messages really lift me up and make me feel like, after 20 years of taking and being a destructive force in the world, I've done something good. Absolutely. And you have, and you, you've affected me positively and a, and a lot, a lot of people. And you conclude this article in the fix.com about this big subject of depression, which is of course, super interrelated with the subject of addiction and recovery. Yes. But you say when people go, uh, can go two ways when they start to feel better, however they get there, whether it's supplements, whether it's the 12 steps or right. some other methodology or some other modality, two ways they can go. One is, Oh, this is all I ever needed. Now I can stop all this recovery stuff you say, or two, they can go, wow, I feel better. Who can I help? help that's lo- Wesson's quote. That's oh, Wesson's, that's his quote. That's, that's okay. Right. That's his quote. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he go yeah. on, goes on to say, helping others in recovery will actually increase your dopamine receptors yeah, well, and make this last. Yeah, that's called the helper's high. Yeah. It's called the helper's high. They've actually documented it. You actually, you, you know, the helper's high. You, that's why you feel good when you do, you know, volunteer work or help someone, even in a service, even though yeah. you're like, ugh right before afterwards you're like i feel good yep. no i called him and i said oh my god i feel normal for the first <laughs> time in 20 years like what's in that like i'm i wish i'd found it sooner this is spectacular and he said not everyone will have the experience that you have right you obviously really were lacking in this and you have this mutation and he said and now what will you do with that extra energy and that you know yep. feeling of stability and joy and he was the one who was like are you going to help people or are you going to go, oh, I don't need any of that anymore? And so now that, like, that spurred this article that yeah. you wrote? Yeah, good. And the opposite yeah, happens too. When you don't help people, it leads to the opposite effects, right? Well, you, yeah, sh- you feel, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, again, like being of service, like there was a documentary called Happy, I think it was, and they were like, went all over the world to see what the main things that made people happy in different countries. And they were all the same. It was service and feeling connected. And so, again, those ideas that AA implements are not new. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you can separate the wheat from the chaff and like, like, like the creepy, you know, my creator stuff, like I'm a Jew, like I don't do the, our, like our Lord's prayer. I won't do it. I'll stand there and hold your hand Mm -hmm. and just look down at my feet. But like, I don't, that doesn't feel that doesn't resonate for me. Yeah, that and language that, and, doesn't resonate. And that's got to be okay. And that's got to be okay. Yeah. And still be welcome. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like I just think you know, or God removing your character defects. I'm like, you know, he's not a wizard. He's not going to come down and be like, I really, you know, people are dying, but I need to work on Amy's procrastination today. Like that's <laughs> why you know, it's yeah. like it's like you. I mean, what I really believe, and I've talked, I've talked about over and over, is like you know, you you act like the person you want to be. And over and over and over, and you you create a new neural pathway, and mm-hmm. that's your default, and then you are that person. No one cares about your intentions. Mm-hmm. They care about your actions. I used to think, well, I meant to be. No one cares. You know what I mean? Did you do it or did you not do it? Right. And no one cares about whether you wanted to do it or not. Did you show up? Were you on time? Did you keep your commitment? Did you keep your word? You know what I mean? Yep, and absolutely. It's like, that's how I've changed who I was. 
was through repetitive action, you know, contrary action, telling my feelings to take a hike and doing what I needed to do no matter what, how I felt. And so your feelings, yeah, your feelings, though real, they're not the excuse to behave this way or behave that way. Yeah, I mean, well, this is, you know, my father, as I quoted my book, my father said this to me 20 years ago. He goes, he said, discipline creates stability. Stability doesn't create discipline. So basically, a routine life and keeping your commitments will create a feeling of stability inside of you. If you're waiting to feel stable before you, Write your book, go to the gym, get sober, do what you need to do. You wait forever because your feelings are constantly changing all the time. So you can acknowledge your feelings as valid, but they don't, they should not dictate your behavior. And we see that though in society where it's the the opposite happens in most cases where feelings do drive you. I'm feeling this way, so I'm going to do this. I'm feeling this way, so I'm going to say that. It's a daily fight for me. Yeah. A daily fight. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many how many texts I've started and deleted, <laughs> or emails I've started, yeah. and you know what I mean. Yep. yep. That, that start off not quite so, you know, recovery based, sober, sober lady, and then I go maybe not, you know. But see, you're, you, what's, a break, you know? what's great about you too, Amy Dresner, author of My Fair Junkie, is this, you're so honest when you're even out on your social media, I encourage everyone listening to go follow you on Twitter and Facebook and all the places, uh, Instagram, you're so honest and, and, and forthright and you call it out there and you like, it's almost like you have the world holding you accountable in many ways, even though you're this quote, recovery author, very successful recovery author, this great book, everybody loves it, but yet you say very often, so I find so refreshing about you, hey, I'm struggling, this is whack, this is messed up. I'm messed up here. I'm depressed. Here's this article in the fix all about depression and recovery. And not only you're talking about it, but then you're also going a step further, which is what I try to do with this show. And the other things that I do is offer up solutions, different insights, different ideas, whether they're yours or a combination of yours and other people's doctors, other mental health workers, whoever, and say, here, there's hope for others too. those listening. Yeah. I mean, what was interesting out of all the 60 plus pieces I've written, written for the fix, that was probably the most popular, it was the most shared, it was the most liked, which shows you mm-hmm. that how many people are depressed in sobriety. Oh, yeah. I think that that idea that you get sober and it's rainbows and unicorns and roses, and, you know, that's just not true. Life is in session. My mom has dementia. You know, like, I'm, I'm single and, you know, mm. been celibate for like a year and a half. You know, my whole life is my cat. I'm like, can I marry my cat? Is that illegal? <laughs> like, what's happening here? You know? I'm really overwhelmed with work, and it's like, things are good, but it's like, you know, life continues, and you don't just, like, you know, get in recovery, you stop doing drugs, and all your problems go away, because, you know, my thinking is still screwed up, and it's like, you know, and I'm still dealing with the wreckage, like, you know, I got asked to speak in Canada, and I was like, oh my God, I was arrested for a felony, is that even on my record? It got dropped down on misdemeanor, and I had to go do a live stream, mm. and like, where you get fingerprinted, and ask for your criminal records from the Department of Justice. Wow. I mean, it was so, I was like, this is never something that I thought I would ever be having to do in my life. And I was at this little mailbox place near my house, and this young, like, adorable couple come in, and the woman says to them, what are you here for? And they said, we're here for fingerprints. They said, oh, you guys getting your criminal record, too? <laughs> you know, obviously they were not. Yeah. They were like, you know, and they, and they made a joke, like, oh, yeah, felonies across all states. And I said to the woman, I said, what else do people get this for? I said, have you ever been high and done something really, really dumb? I said, years ago, and you paid for it forever? This is what this is. And she just was like, okay. 
And I said, what else do people get this for? She said, well, you know, foreign adoptions and nannies, if you want to get a gun, if you want to work in the, with the elderly. I go, great, all the things I could never do now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I just laughed about it, but it was like just such a bizarre moment in my life. And it's like, I just think, why not be honest? Like, yep. they're so, like, people will relate to you. Like, be vulnerable, be honest. Like, if people judge you, that's their stuff. That's right. Like, I just don't, I don't understand why not be honest. Absolutely. And people, like you say, people can relate. They feel the guard goes down, the defenses get lowered, and nobody out there, despite what social media will tell us all, nobody's out there got it all figured out. It's all perfect and it's all vacations and perfect hair and great cars. I mean, that's all, yeah. Yeah, that's all crap. How many many articles do we have to read about Instagram models who are like, oh my God, you know, I hate my life and those were all airbrushed and I, you know, starved myself and it's a terrible life. It's like... You know, perfection is a you know is is, yeah. is an illusion, well, and I mean, I think that for me, my you know what I how I've connected to people is being like is through my vulnerability and honesty and rawness. And people think it's brave. Maybe it's brave. Maybe it's stupid. I just don't no. really have a filter, and I don't see the point. Like, is do people really appreciate and love and connect to you if you're not being honest? What do you have to lose? No, I don't Why? think. What are you ashamed of? No, I don't think they do. I don't. I don't think they do. I. I That's don't... how you break the stigma. Yeah. That's how you break the stigma of recovery and addiction is by being honest about it and owning it. I believe not by changing the language. You know what I mean? Oh, substance use disorder and like putting up a weird like like placard on it and a polished word. It's like. You know what? Like, I did that, and, like, I was someone who never, you know, I was a Jap who ended up going to six rehabs and four psych wards and tried to stab someone. And it's like, I'm not proud of it, but, like, I am so happy with who I am today and what I've accomplished. Like, thank God all that happened to me. Absolutely. You know, you know what? what it's, a, like, it's a powerful message, and I, I applaud you for that, and I think you're 100% right. Be honest. Lay it out there. Be vulnerable. We yeah, don't have to wisdom dance. wisdom comes from bad experiences. That's you know right. what I mean? That's like, right. That's it. That's Otherwise, right. you don't learn anything. So it's like, don't be afraid. Because, you know, we, we see it all the time. We hear it every, you know, 26-year-old rap stars ODing uh, last week and others. And, you know, oh, it's keeps, it keeps happening terrible. and it's going to keep happening. And that's why we just keep talking about this. That's why we need more voices like Amy Dresner right here. Her book, it's great. It's out on Amazon. Anywhere you get books, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, Audible. Paperback's coming out in about a week or so at the time of this broadcast. Mm-hmm. My Fair Junkie. Um, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. And she's out on amydresner.com. And I can't recommend highly enough this article on thefix.com by Amy Dresner. It's called Depression and Recovery. Do you have low dopamine tone? It's a fascinating read. Amy, uh, listen, I could keep talking to you forever. I love your insights. I love your edge. I love your humor. And you know this. And I just appreciate you coming on here. Last word before I let you go here. Someone's listening right now. They're listening to you. Maybe they knew of you. Maybe they didn't. They're still struggling with whatever. I call them the AVDCs, the addictions of Devices, devices, distractions, or compulsions, because it's not just drugs and booze. It's all kinds of weird stuff we can all of get into. Someone's listening right now. They're still struggling. They're on the fence. They don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you say to them? Oh, it's such a better life, and anyone can do it. And I went to, you know, I relapsed for 20 years, and don't give up hope. And, you know, it's uh, it's really, it, it really is one day at a time, and you just buy yourself 20 minutes. So that's the thing that I finally learned, is you you can stay clean or not engage in the behavior whether you want to or not. You buy yourself 20 minutes and the impulse passes whether you do it or not. 
Very good. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. Amy wow. Dresner. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the Recovery thank Collective. Thank you for having me, Tom. Always a pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. There she goes. It's Amy Dresner. AmyDresner.com. Buy her book, My Fair Junkie. I promise you, you will get so much more out of it than you even realize. <laughs> Amy, before I let you go, I'm let you, I want to play this for you here because this is so fun. This is Amy Dresner. <laughs> You're listening to Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Lou. <laughs> Just do the Just do, do, do it again. <laughs> it's <laughs> see what you did there is what everybody does. Liu, Leao, Loa. It's just Lou like Lou like the first name. Like Lou. Like Lou. Oh, like Lou like the first name. Okay, like like L O U, but it's L E U. Yeah. Okay, okay. Hi guys, this is Amy Dresner, the author of My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean, and you're listening to Sound Matters with Tom Lou. There you go. So Amy, I had to play that. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I love that. That's so great. And your laugh, it's infectious. You're, that was my ID for my other show, but I, just thank you for that. I listen to it all the time, and I play it on my other show, so thanks for that. I'm, I'm going to have you do another one for me here uh, when you hop off the air here in a second for this show, but thank you again, Amy. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. We'll talk to you again. All okay, right, everybody. There she goes. It's Amy Dresner. Check her out, amydresner.com. My name is Tom Lou. This is Recovery Collective. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. We'll be right back to Recovery Collective with Tom Lou. Tom Liu, the founder and host of Recovery Collective, is a professional speaker, radio host, writer, photographer, and certified professional coach. A National Speakers Association member, Tom talks shift from the intersection where human communication and psychology collide. Tom is a leadership consultant, communications trainer, recovery advocate, and former college academic dean and psychology instructor. Tom delivers multimedia keynote presentations, seminars, and workshops, as well as develops and facilitates custom programs for corporations, organizations, institutions, and facilities. Tom also conducts one-on-one coaching, sharing his lifestyle initiative training strategies on key communications, recovery, and leadership principles for personal and professional development. Email or text directly to Tom at recoverycollective.net or call 800-504-6416 with inquiries to book Tom for speaking engagements, individual coaching, or for radio, podcast, and media appearances. And visit TomLou.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by Skincare Keys, rocking and rolling with the number one skincare brand in North America. To unlock your life-changing skincare, Contact Bobby at SkincareKeys at gmail.com or visit us at SkincareKeys.com to find out how you can get involved in this exploding business. We're back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TomLu2. That's T-O-M-L-E-U and the number two. Here's Tom. Welcome back to Recovery Collective. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks so much to Amy Dresner. Wow. She just packs in so much uh, to say. She has so many insights and so many experiences that she's been through and there's so much value there for someone in addiction 
out of addiction, currently in addiction, in recovery, whatever it is. Uh, so much to learn. AmyDresner.com. I want to recommend you go out to her website, go out to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, buy her book, My Fair Junkie. If you've already bought the book as a hardback, buy it as a paperback. Get the Kindle version. Get the Audible version. Get them all. Read it again because I promise you, you missed something the first time through that you'll get again. And go back and listen to this podcast once it's available here in this interview. It's an entirety. Share it uh, out on recoverycollective.net, recoverycollective.net. It's also out there, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. We are out there. So many thanks to Amy. All right, I wrap up each Recovery Collective show with what I call a sobriety spotlight shout out. That's where I get emails sent to me, people in recovery. They got a shout out. They give me the who, what, when, and their why message, and their message to those still struggling. Send me an email if you want to be featured on a sobriety spotlight shout out. Tom at recoverycollective.net. Tom at recoverycollective.net. This week, I got a message from Terry R. from Palm Harbor, Florida. It's Terry, T-E-R-I. And Terry says this, I asked, what are your AVDCs, addictions, vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions? Terry says, average to above average booze and weed use growing up, but then tapered off as life began happening for me, she says. My real Achilles heel became food, Terry says later in life. The old comfort food became my go-to. And eating my feelings, as they say, became my M.O. Whenever I was feeling anything, I didn't want to feel. So there you go. Something that's not talked about a lot, but food can very much be an addiction of sorts as well, as a lot of people know who struggle with that. When uh, is Terry R's from Palm Harbor Sobriety Date? She says, since October 2011, free from booze and drugs, but she says still I have a daily and weekly struggle with the food thing. And her why message to those still struggling says, Terry, I've just learned that whatever I don't want to talk about or feel about, that's exactly what I need to talk about and feel fully. Running from it, attempting to fill the void with food or booze or drugs or whatever it is, is only fueling the fire that I'll eventually get burned by. Look at it, she says, own it. Talk about it, get better, and get on with it. Easier said than done? Yeah, maybe, but it is possible. So there you go. Terry from Palm Harbor, thank you so much. Shoot me an email, tom at recoverycollective.net if you want to be featured on the show. Got a comment about the show? I'd appreciate any feedback that you have. Check us out, recoverycollective.net. Until next week, my name is Tom Lou. This is Recovery Collective. Stay tuned in. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, 
Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia 